Hi, my name's Clayton, and you're listening to the Isaiah 43 Podcast, where we explore how God has formed us, redeemed us, and how He calls us today. Each week we will journey through Scripture to understand all that God has done, and what exactly His call is for our lives today. This is week 36. We have our third special guest with us today, Mr. Abraham. It's good to have you on the show with us, and we're happy to have you. Thank you for having me, Clayton. It's good to be here. All right. Well, Abraham, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you might be a little qualified to talk on this topic? Well, my name's Abraham. Um, I grew up in Catholicism, but during 2019-2020, the Lord saved me during the pandemic and the beginning of it. And um, I did a lot of research on YouTube, and the Lord led me to reform theology, and I believe that is biblical doctrine, and that's what is being taught. Um that could be a dangerous thing, though, looking at YouTube, but uh, praise God for leading me in his providence mm-hmm. to reform theology. Um, spent a couple of years doing that, and uh, now I'm at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, um, taking and uh, trying to complete my Bachelor of Divinity. So um, I'm in my first year. I'm Next year, I will be taking more systematic theology classes, but... Um, this is a vital role for the Christian faith um, on our topic today, Ephesians 1, and I truly think that this is a, a vital thing for all Christians to know. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, and that's that's why we're here. We're, we're going to be talking about some predestination, and like you said, especially in Ephesians 1, uh, verses 3 through 14, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess we should start out with, do people actually have a problem with Ephesians 1? See, I think... They're going to tell you, most people tell you no. Okay. But when you, for example, someone who maybe is a Calvinist or someone who's reformed will be like, well, this is, I believe this is saying that God has predestined us from the foundation of the world, yeah. that he chose us in Christ. Right. But then some people, specifically mainly Armenians, will mm-hmm. say, no, that's not what that's teaching. Right. Well, then the next question is, what is it teaching then? If it's not that one, because I think... It's clearly what it's choosing. Yeah. I've heard many of them say that um, that he chose us before the foundation of the world to be sanctified. Okay. But then if we if we look at the order of salvation, if we if he predestined us to be sanctified, and we know that sanctification comes after justification. Right. That would conclude that justification. We have to be justified by Christ's righteousness first, by his righteous blood. Mm-hmm. And then we are sanctified. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to 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 go from there, uh, in fact, the Greek word there for predestined mm-hmm. is perizo, if I mm-hmm. believe I'm saying that right, and it it literally means to decide beforehand. So mm-hmm. I don't I you know a lot of people don't don't speak or read Greek, but they just see predestined and they think you know whatever. But I think it's important to know. Uh, the Greek and and what it means for us as Christians, but but you've already mentioned who takes a problem with it. You've mentioned the Armenians, but there's there's others as well. You know, people who identify as Methodist or whoever else. And do you think when they when they say no no no, it, it doesn't mean that he predestined us before the foundation of the world? Do you think they're essentially echoing the the claim of Satan? You know, Satan in the garden says, "Did God really say that you were chosen before the foundation of the world?" Yeah, that's a that's a good it's a good analogy, and you know it, it's sometimes it would be hard to say that, and I think it, it kind of is is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But once again, this is a, this is, um, it's an essential doctrine, right. but it's a really deep one to accept. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's a big step for one's faith. Once you, if you choose not to believe that's fine, but once you do see it in scripture, cause I think it's clearly being taught in scripture. Yeah. It's a big step in your faith. Right. And with your relationship with God, it's like, okay, yeah. Lord, you chose me before the foundation of the world. Yeah. My salvation, I, and this is the main thing with the Armenians is, well, no, I, I chose God. Yeah. I had the logical, uh, decision. thinking decision yeah. to choose the Lord. Right. Well, how come other people who might have the same, let's just say there's two people, they grow up uh, together in elementary to middle school to high school, same education. Yeah. One chose Christ, one did it. Right. So what was the difference between you guys? Yeah. Well, I just decided. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Right. But, but if we take what the scripture tells us here, it's because, no, because you were predestined right. before the foundation of the world that Christ chose you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that can go on to leading to regeneration, but we'll stick with right. election. <laughs> right. So, so then are they twisting scripture then to fit their feelings? And, and what's oh. the danger of that? Um, yeah, we kind of talked about this before, yeah. uh, right before this. That's funny. Um, it's with theology, they, they teach you, you have to have the grammatical, the grammatical, read what the text says, yeah. it's what it says. And like you said earlier, it's in the Koine Greek, you know, so mm -hmm. we have to look at the Greek that's hard in itself, but I don't even think you really need to read Koine Greek for this to, to understand. understand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Historical, who is this written to? And then theological, which would be in short terms that God's word is inspired. This is from God. Yeah. I think when it comes to the literal, literal historical, they like to change it up. They like yeah. to change their methodology of interpretation. Um, and, and I think their whole instant or their whole thing is all right. the world, all. Yeah. And I, I think many who don't grow up in a Christian or like a reformed household, um, they become Christians. For example, me, I would say I, I became a Christian four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. I was Armenian. So I think it's, right. I think it's part of the process of when you continue to read scripture, you kind of see this being illumined by the spirit of God right. to our eyes and to our hearts. But um, I do think a lot of people, like I said earlier, it's just a, it's a really tough doctrine just to accept because it, it means a lot. Yeah, it is. So, so you mentioned Armenian and you've mentioned Reformed. So, so what's the difference between the two camps in terms of Ephesians 1? Ephesians 1, um, I think many, some are, there's different camps in Armenians. Okay. Um, I don't know all the camps. Uh, some, some camps will say, you know, once saved, always saved. Some will say, you can lose, brother, you can lose your salvation. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is where Calvinists believe where the reformed, the reformed camp is that whoever God elected, predestined before the foundation of the world will be saved. Right. It's not a, oh, God's trying to yeah. save you. And I think that's the big thing with Armenians is when you look at their theology, it's like God, it's like God's trying, God's trying. It's right. like, is he not sovereign? Yeah. Does he, is his providence even real? Right. Because um, it's all just man's choice for the Armenians. Where the Reformed camp sees, look, God, if God is God, he is sovereign. Right. And what the Bible tells us is that um, if we look at Exodus, if we look at the Proverbs where 
the king's heart is in the Lord's hand. We look at, um, take yourself to Isaiah, um, where God used King Cyrus mm -hmm. to do his will, even though he's a pagan king. Right. So, now that's going to, that's going on to a... A different subject. A different but... subject, but... Oh yeah, I just wandered off there. But yeah, it's okay. no, you, yeah, you're fine. So, so it's just interesting, you know. We've talked on reform theology in this show. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we started out when we looked at reform theology, specifically Tulip. We started with the sovereignty of God because mm -hmm. I think the reformed camp, uh, which we're in, obviously, focuses a lot on the sovereignty of God, and you know, we try to, we never try to take anything away from God, especially His sovereignty and the Arminians. You know, they, I, I think they do, in a sense, try to take God's sovereignty away mm -hmm. from him, uh, maybe without even meaning to or realizing that they are. But God is sovereign. He, he did choose us before the foundation of the world. But, but now that begs a question. Maybe if I was a skeptic and, and I just didn't know, and, I, and you're telling me about how God has chosen me before the foundation of the world, how he's chosen some people before the foundation of the world, but he didn't choose others. Now, why would a loving God do that? That's that's a good question, but why would a loving God? It goes. Uh, I think this is everyone's refu uh, refutal. Yeah. I think I said that word right. Um, yeah. Right back to it. It's like why would a loving God save anyone? Right. Um, and then our some so we can go back to the fall. You know, if we are fallen and sinful, and we see God's wrath um, since the very beginning in Genesis, where we see. Um, by the disobedience of Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. God uh, punished them out of the Garden of Eden. Right. We see God's wrath, a display of that, by kicking them out. Yeah. Um, so, once again, it's like, we we deserve God's wrath. Right. We don't deserve anything. So, why would a loving God, and that's He is a loving God, yeah. He's a perfect and holy God, why would he want anything to do with us in the first place? Yeah. Why did he not just wipe Adam and Eve out and why would we even be here? You're right. Um, so the question is, is why would God even, yeah. Why would God even show mercy to us in the first, why are we even still here? Right. But it's, it goes to the question is that God, God is, um, let me, let me try to say this correctly. Yeah. Um, God is just, God is holy. What that means for the Christian believer is, is that those who he saves and those who he, he predestines before the foundation of the world, which our text in Ephesians 1 states, is that he has showed mercy right. to them. Because God, no one deserves to be saved. Right. Um, so he shows mercy on those who are his elect, and he shows justice to those who, beforehand right right so you know he's not a hundred percent loving and zero percent just he's a hundred percent loving and a hundred percent just he's a hundred percent all these things amen yeah um so so okay we're talking about predestination here and you know the the easy question would be well you're just taking that verse out of context but is there any other scripture in the bible that supports predestination um i would um there is many i would say yeah. we go to christ Okay. Um, John 6, um, verse 44. And, and we have these Christ's words. No one can come to me 
unless the Father who sent him draws him, mm-hmm. and I will raise him on the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's quite yeah, clear. It's you clear, know, that's yeah. uh, and talking earlier is like that's we have to take that literal, right? You know, or what are you going to do? Allegoric, uh, this? Like right. you can't. No. Um, I think that's the beauty about this whole doctrine is if, if, you know, if, if this is true, what does mm-hmm. this mean? What does this mean for the believer? Right. Well, God, God has shown me mercy. God has chosen me for the foundation of the world. Why would he show mercy to me? Yeah. Well, I don't deserve, I am a, I am a wretched sinner. I, I don't, I'm not in, I don't need, I don't, I don't, uh, you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it, it's it's beautiful, and I think you've answered my next question. Well, does any of this really matter? And yeah, it matters. Yeah, I think, um, and that's the whole thing with systematic theology. Um, when you when you take this doctrine, um, I think they call it the analogy of the faith, where um, you take uh, some parts of scripture that are maybe just. Not dark in the sense like evil, but just like uh, maybe hard to interpret. Okay, yeah. And we take other doctrines in the scripture, try to shed light. You take all the rest of scripture to shed light, maybe on a certain passage. Does it make sense? Right. Um, so one thing we can do is that. Um, but let me go back to the question of, you know, what does this mean for the believer? Well, like we've been saying, it's, it's. Um, I mean, really just recognize that right look at look at god and all his attributes he yeah. is from everlasting yeah um you know i don't want to sound like no uh feel good preacher right. but like uh man like really like before the felt god loves you yeah um once again i don't want to sound like no, no. uh and it's a very truth god yeah. god loves those whom he predestined yeah yeah, so so you've already answered my next question. It's like you you know, you're like you predestined to ask these questions oh. in a way. <laughs> but uh, but how does how does knowing that that impact or knowing the proper interpretations of Ephesians one impact the life of a believer? Well, you, you said you know just knowing God's love, you just recognize God's mercy, mm-hmm. you, and it makes you live in a, a very different way. Then if you say, well, I chose God, so, you know, I can do X, Y, and Z. But if you know that God has chose you, well, you better clean things up. Yeah. Um, so, think, uh, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to bring up, um, I just came to, I wanted to say this earlier, yeah. but it just came back to mind. Um, the thing is, is that with our Armenian camp, we'll go back to this. This okay. is in the Bible. Right. You have to deal with this. Yeah. Um, some Christians don't like the term predestination, but yeah. it's, it's right there. And if... Um, Yeah, good. Um, so, so you're looking for like pre-election? Like some people have changed the term from predestination maybe to pre-election. Is that what you're perhaps looking for? Or? Um, I think I think no. What I was trying to say is just people just try to avoid. Okay, gotcha. Just try yeah. to avoid the scripture, or it, it's in the Bible. Yeah. And you have to deal with it. Right. You can't. You can't avoid it. Yeah. And I think what the main thing is is that. It's an important aspect in the in the book of Ephesians, um, and it's an important part to the believer's life uh, and the life in Christ um, right. and what we live for Him. So, um, 
back to what I was, uh, that long pause I had earlier, what I was trying to say was, um, since the Bible teaches this and the Bible yeah. teaches that man is responsible. So does that mean we live in any lifestyle we want to? No, man, man is responsible to, and th this is the beauty of it. God has predestined us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. Right. So to live for the glory of Christ and able to keep God's law, not out of legalism, but because uh, he put it into our hearts, being able to, to do it in love. Right. Um, but this is the main point. It's, um, that the, you you have you have this, but we also have the will of man. Okay, right, right. So, yeah. So you can because a lot of people have problems with the sovereignty of God and the mm -hmm. free will of mankind. Exactly. But but the reformed camp, you know, it doesn't just say, well, you know, we're automatons, we're walking around. Right, right. You know, as C.S. Lewis put it, it's like the toy you wind up, and then you get bored with it because you already know what it's going to do. Right. But that's not how it is. The sovereignty of God and the free will of man mesh together and, and uh great like spurgeon for example it's like you yeah. can't you can't mess around with these things right. it's, it's right there in the scripture and you cannot try to manipulate try to yeah explain it to a, f a fuller example it's it's, yeah. it's 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 in scripture yeah but it's such a mystery yeah you can't really f mess with it no you but can't. some people do and i think armenians have a problem with that right and they try to and that's when they'll try to change what the scripture says yeah to try to get these two, uh, the doctrine of uh, the will of man with God's election, to try to intersect them, to try to explain them. Yeah. But they're just ruining the text. They're not interpreting right. the text correctly. Well, it's like we spoke the other day, um, you know, when they try to twist the text to mean something different, they end up playing word games to be yeah. very subtle. It's not, you know, I, I don't understand, and, and I don't think you do either, how somebody can read... Ephesians 1 and twist it to mean what they want it to mean when it's, I think it's so very clear. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But, um, but so predestination. So, you know, we've, there's this, excuse me, this eternal discussion that seems to happen all the time. People say, well, do you believe once you're saved, you're always saved? Or do you believe uh, you can lose your salvation? You kind of hinted at that just a little moment ago. So, if we understand predestination properly, how do uh, how do we view once saved always saved? Um, I'm gonna go with a little James White here. Uh, yeah. He I've heard him say um, this is kind of not a word for word, but a yeah, oh paraphrase paraphrasing. Yeah. But uh, once saved always saved is an Armenian uh, a phrase. Okay. So I think for the the reformed camp, they would say that. Whomever God predestines, whomever God elected before the foundation of the world yeah. will right. be saved. Yeah. Because the whole thing with Armenianism is, well, since you chose Christ, you know, you're you're in, brother. Yeah. You know, you're not you're saved forever. Right. Um But the thing with once again with Form Cam, just to repeat it, it's no, God will save his elect. Yeah. Um that's like uh, Charles Spurgeon. I read something. Again, this is a paraphrase, but um, how can somebody who doesn't believe in, you know, once we're eternal security, rather, mm -hmm. how could somebody who thinks you can lose your salvation ever be calm? You know, you know, I, as a believer, right. I, I, you know, I'm secure in Christ. I know 
whatever happens, you know, is, is his will. But those who don't believe that, you know, I'd be freaking out, pulling my hair out over everything. Yeah, Miles, just go follow uh, the Muslims, man. Just right. go try to earn your way. Yeah, <laughs> really. Continuing to do something. I don't know. So so I don't know everybody who listens to this show. I don't know their, their personal convictions on belief, whether they're Reformed, Armenian, Catholic, Methodist, Pentecostal, whatever they might be. But let's say somebody sees you after this episode and says, I disagree with everything you said. Uh, and we know there might be somebody out there who says, I, I disagree with everything Mr. Abraham says. So what do you have to say to them? Um, first of all, I would reason with them. Kind of okay. what we're talking, what we kind of summarize in this uh, in this session. Yeah. Um, but I would say just just read it slow. Okay. Ask God to illumine the scriptures to you. Yeah. I think I would point other scriptures out. I would... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll save those for later, actually. But, yeah. um, but I would just ask, what does it mean then? Yeah. What, what is what does Scripture teach you? What did what did God predestine me to do? Right. Did, does He not know all things? Right. Yeah. Is He is He not working all things out for His own purpose? Yeah. Um, you know, look at the Proverbs. You know, God. Uh, you know, man plans his way, but God, it's God yeah. who plans his steps. Yeah. So. Is God not sovereign? Yeah. Uh, I think back to that question. Um, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's 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 such a it's such a hard thing to get your mind around, but we yeah. we have to deal with it. Yeah. God, God's God's scripture. It's perfect. It's blameless. We um, and it's sufficient for us. And and, mm-hmm. and I think it is. When we look at the end, um, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. You know, Scripture, if the Bible is just some dusty book I have on my shelf, then who cares what it says? Right, But right. it's God's eternal, holy, perfect, blameless word, you know. You've got to, as you said earlier in this episode, you've got to deal with that. you got to deal with that. Uh, and, you know, some people run away with their, uh, run away screaming, and other people submit, but is there anything else talking about predestination that you'd like to mention about Ephesians 1? Um, I think I would talk on the line. I would like to bring up, um, I guess, regeneration Okay. will be uh, on the lines. Well, it would be on the lines of that because whoever God elects, mm-hmm. he will give them a heart to, he regenerates their heart right. to put their faith in Christ. Right. Um, but I guess these two verses I would just like everybody to know. Sure. Um, Acts 11, chapter 11, verse 18, says, When they heard these things, they fell silent. They glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has, now these next two words, this next word is very important, Mm -hmm. granted repentance. So it's God, you know, if it's all, then why is it saying here that God has to grant someone to repent? Has granted repentance that leads to life. Now we know that's life in Christ Jesus, eternal life mm-hmm. um another one second timothy chapter 2 verse 25 correcting his opponents with gentleness god may perhaps grant same word mm-hmm. them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth and we know christ is the truth that is being told here right yeah that's that's perfect you know i think like you said uh already that it's all in God's hands. God's sovereignty. It's all his work. Yeah, it's all um, his work. It's nothing we do. You know, we have to be granted everything. And 
I think that's a I think that's a perfect note to end on. So Abraham, would you mind to close us out in prayer here? Yeah. Father in heaven, um, thank you for this session and, and thank you for your holy, perfect, infallible word that you have given to us, Father. And um, there's these biblical truths, Father, that are so beautiful, that are foundational, Lord. Um, and Lord, we, we just ask um, for everyone, for me and Clayton and for everyone who hears this, Father, that they would be blessed by this podcast, but they would give... You'd give them a, all of us a greater hunger to search your scriptures, to understand these great doctrines, Father. Um, and, and when we look at Ephesians 1, O oh Lord, and that you would open up our eyes and illumine these scriptures by your Holy Spirit, help us to see what is being taught here, Lord. And because you have chose us before the foundation of the world, Lord, what a great blessing. And Lord, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing that hard to just wrap the mind around oh lord um so i just pray for anyone who's listening lord that who who's maybe uh who doesn't fully understand this oh lord that you would give them understanding of this and um we think we praise you in christ jesus name amen amen until next time may the lord bless you and keep you god bless